Hello and welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gio, and I'm joined by Just Johnny. What's going on? Hey, it's going good. All right, it's going good. If this is your first time listening to the show from SwitchRPG.com, where we bring you the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. This week, we are talking about action RPGs. Just This show is just dedicated to them. Look, action. Action. We're got kicks and splits. For the people who, who don't have eyeballs while listening to this, he's wearing a Bloodsport shirt. And I am wearing a Cinco de Mayo Star Wars shirt. I am like a day behind on everything. Yeah. In fact, I thought today was 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 Wednesday. In fact, it's Tuesday. I don't know what's going on anymore. It's okay. Anyway, uh, don't forget to visit our Discord at discord.switchrpg.com. Visit us on Twitter at switchrpg and buy some stuff. Go to the merch store and switchrpg.com. All right, Johnny. Let's Yo. try and keep. Let's try and keep this short, okay? Yeah. What are you playing? So, uh, all right, good. On to me. I. Oh, sorry. <laughs> go, I go ahead. Final Fantasy Tactics. You finished it. Finished it. And what do you think? Well, yeah. What do you think? Uh, it is by far the best Final Fantasy game I have ever played. Wow. By far, like the story is. Uh, now, th- there is a major complaint I have, which is the the translation is awful. Awful, okay. awful, awful. The localization and translation of the writing and the dialogue is... So you kind of have to, like, you know, think, like, read it and kind of... kind of Figure it out, kind of on your own. Figure out what they're trying to... What they're actually talking about in some instances. Some other ones, it's like, okay, but it's, like, poorly written and stuff like that. And this is the original Final Fantasy, the War of the Lions uh, remake on the... I don't know, PSP or Vita? Uh, Well, I think it's PSP. Yeah. Uh, That one, they redid the... um, They actually added some story segments, but they also redid the entire story. Not not the story itself, but the the dialogue. They rewrote it in a very different way. Um, And in some ways, they, they also, like, changed character names. Like, they did some very different uh takes on things on the word lines one so i don't i can't speak too much on that other than the writing is obviously better in that one but they also did stuff like they inserted like that old english you know hear out thou kind of stuff oh boy that brings me very back to high school i'm already getting nightmares from it so they did that so i'm not once again i'm not too keen on on that one, but I played the original. So if you can look past the the dialogue stuff, the story is awesome. It's a really good story. It just betrayals left and right. The gameplay is phenomenal. It is the best you'll ever the best Final Fantasy uh, turn based Final Fantasy uh, battle mechanics you'll ever find anywhere. It's it's by far the best one. Well, it, have- it, gives, you, it gives you the keys to the car and mm-hmm. you get to drive it. And that car is fully loaded with every single option you could possibly from want. The, from the start? From the start. Okay. It's awesome. So, uh, there's, so there's, are you not into where you just kind of, your party just progresses through the story? You kind of just want everything all at once? Is that what this is? No, no, no. It's, um, what I mean by that is you still have to, like, progress your characters. Okay. You still have to level them up, earn new jobs, and 
uh, it's just a matter of experience. You don't have to wait for certain beats, story beats to happen. You just gain enough experience and you unlock the next set of jobs. Okay. And as you're gaining experience, you're spending your job points, which is kind of like experience, to buy new abilities. So there's never any storyline gating that's preventing you from progressing your character. So you can kind of set up the perfect party and, you know, spend like 100 hours to build the perfect party right off rip, right mm-hmm. off of, uh, you know, the first chapter of the game. Um because you can just constantly initiate in random battles and stuff like that. They, like I said, they they give you the the keys to the car, and as you got, you got to learn how to drive it. But once you learn how to drive it, it's like everything's there for you. The rules are there for you. They're laid out, and you can kind of exploit it. You can. It's a min maxer's dream. A lot of min maxing stuff that can happen. Now there's a lot of there's a lot of weird hidden stat stuff that they don't explained super super well part of that is also because of the bad localization so you might need to like dabble a little bit here and there if you want to in like um some like tutorial videos helper assistant stuff faq type stuff mm-hmm. uh you know all over the internet or something like that just to like get a if you want to dig deeper that sort of supplemental stuff helps you out but uh, you don't really I mean, need to that you yeah. can just play the game as is and not really worry too much about the the core mechanic the underlying mechanics of things and it's just awesome yeah i mean it sounds like a place to all your all your favorites right it's it, like your it's your tactical kind of rpg um yeah. it, it, you're you're min maxing you love to do that it kind of plays through all your your strengths i guess you could say so it makes sense that this is kind of your favorite well, I'm not. I'm not a fan of min maxing. I do like to min max, but I'm I mean, okay. This with goes it. from the I dude who played Fire Emblem Three Houses and put yeah, like an yeah. uh, like an obscene amount of time into it yep. because you had to see every nook and cranny of it. But you're not a min maxer. My apologies. My apologies. It, I'm not a min maxer if the combat mechanics aren't challenging. Then I I, I don't feel compelled to min max, even if right. they give the option. I just won't. I just don't need to do right. I'll only min max if the core gameplay mechanics are solid, like rock solid. Like, like not only are my characters abiding by these well-defined rules, but the enemies are abiding by these same exact well-defined rules, and the playing field is pretty much balanced. Okay. And that that is Final Fantasy. Like the enemies, their stats. Uh, their gear, their abilities, it's the same stuff. They mirror what you have access to, gotcha. more or less. Like, there's some creatures that have unique abilities. There's some characters in the story elements that will have unique, uh, their own unique job that gives them access to some unique abilities and stuff like that. But for the most part, if an enemy has 8 speed and you have 9 speed, you're going to start before they do. Mm-hmm. Every single time, there's no like shenanigans that happen. There's no like surprise attack or ambush that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, it's okay. it. I mean, there might be like some weird scenario based uh, storyline stuff, but when it comes to like random battles and most of the story script stuff, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, there were some boss fights where the boss would go first, and their attack was so powerful that it would either devastate me completely. Or the follow-up attack would devastate me. So then I brought a party of fast people to go first, to act first. 
to get around that. So as long as you understand the mechanics, it and that that's the beauty of the game. And they give you and it's very flexible. You can change your characters, your your sort of your party loadout, your build, mm-hmm. kind of on the fly. You can, if you feel like you don't need, uh, you know, black mages uh, in the game, they're, I think they're just called wizards. If you don't need wizards, then you can just bring uh, ninjas, right? Yeah. <laughs> like weird stuff like that. Samurais and knights and whatnot. And you can kind of adapt, uh, change, change your accessories that have a very big impact and your gear and stuff like that. So they made, like, the fine-tuning of your characters something that you want to play around with. And the reason why it relies so heavily on that is because this is not a game that you're exploring, you know, town to town. There's an overworld. You're not exploring. It's a map. And you go yeah. from one node to another. So they, they cut a lot, of, a lot of the unnecessary fat out of the, the typical RPG experience. And they give you a very refined uh, core experience centered around combat and fine-tuning your characters. So because of that, it does it so well because that is the only one of the major focal points, and it's not wasting its time doing these other things like giving you this 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 uh, city to that you can fully explore through sure. in 3D or 2D or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's just a very different way of making an RPG, really. I mean, do you want to... Do you want to build up the environment? Do you want that to tell its story as well? Or whether it's in a certain town, instead of going, you know, node to node, uh, it's just very—it's a very focused. Sounds like it's a very focused uh, in, in in its combat and its uh, and its stats, really. Yeah, it's it, it it's exactly that. It's very focused, and the way the battles. So the story takes place. Most of the story takes place like as the battles occur. And the characters will, as you're doing the battles, the characters will exchange dialogue. There's also story elements where it's just, you know, scenes playing out, not in the middle of a battle or anything like that. So there is stuff like that. There's also some instances of cutscene type stuff. Um, but especially when the stories are playing out in the midst of a battle mm-hmm. and how the battles, how the levels to the battles are built, it is so micro epic it's some of the most it's did you, it's like did you a, say micro epic yes because right, it's, gonna, it's like a diorama i'm gonna Every trade level. i'm trademarking that right now sorry <laughs> micro go epic. ahead micro okay. epic okay it every every level every uh battle arena looks like a diorama oh, diorama cool. diorama Di- yep yeah uh kind of <laughs> like uh captain two and, and and Yoshi's Crafted World. Um, I would say more like Captain Toad because you can fully rotate the camera around the world. Right. Okay. With Yoshi's, it's, like Captain Toad. it's Yoshi's. a little more fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So it, and because of that, they also leverage the verticality, and this is something that a lot of modern day B two tactics games miss entirely is the verticality not just the verticality of yeah this terrain is higher than that terrain but they will have for example a bridge that you can stand on but also water underneath that bridge that you can also stand on and they are vertically on two different planes right and there's an in-between space right there's there's like open air in between there 
-hmm. if you try to shoot something under from while standing underneath the bridge to something that's standing on top of the bridge, you're not going to hit it because there's a bridge in the way. Mm -hmm. So there's right. line of sight stuff that you have to consider. It it is so well done, so well done. And to, to combine that with all the dialogue exchanges, yeah, it's by far the best Final Fantasy game I've ever played. I played a bunch. I didn't play them all, but yeah, it's it's the hardest. So and, when when Johnny rates this game, he's probably going to give it a five out of ten, maybe, <laughs> maybe. It's it's way higher <laughs> than good. that. That's good. Way higher than that. So that's I finished that. Gotcha. And then, uh, as I said uh, last episode, I was I was gonna go through sort of the the trilogy of PlayStation games that this uh, individual made, or, or or a subset of games that I'm sort of following along to. So since then, I've been playing Vagrant Story, and I've been playing that very very hard. Oh boy. Uh, and oh man, there's a lot of stuff for me to say about that. I'm probably not gonna cover it right now please <laughs> but uh <laughs> well I'm, I'm assuming by the next episode you'll still be playing it so we can no, I'll, I'll probably be done oh episode. well that's good we can still talk about it yeah 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 definitely definitely talk about that but it ooh, that is a frustrating game there ooh. yeah uh i i expected to go in i went in did that like whole beginning story segment loved it and then start to play around with the combat mechanics and, and start to play the game. And then, like, frustration. Mm. But now I'm, like, out of that. So it's like it's like a, a valley yeah. Yeah. that I went down, like a bad valley. And now I am, like, out of the valley. And now I'm in, like, the good end. And I'm, right. It's like it's like learn, trying to learn a new language, you know? You're really trying to... It's, it's tough at the beginning of the... But once you get over that, you're fine. You're yeah. fine. But it, but if I had to compare it based on what I've been playing so far, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics still blows it out of the water. Wow, Vegas Story is great, but Tactics is just way better. It's just it's just a funner, finer tuned uh, game to play through, less frustrating and stuff like that. Uh, and then other games, uh, Radiant Historia and Banner Saga, and I think I'm actually getting close to finishing Radiant Historia. So nice. Well, I I still have yet to. Uh put mine even in my 3ds so um i will get there i will get there eventually but what so, i've been playing johnny um uh, what i've been playing is uh uh is still playing that dread nautical i might be i might be done with that because i'm just i'm not happy with the gameplay loop it's essentially it's essentially you every every this you you wake up you, you don't know you know who you are but you wake up you talk to an NPC, you clear the, the 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 floor of enemies, whatever it is, you try and recruit members, and you do it all over again. You recruit members to your party. And it's essentially, that's all you just keep doing. So uh, it is a, a tactical RPG. And I think the other uh, aspects of the game is just not doing it for me. Like, the voice acting is not that great. The environments aren't that interesting to me. Um, so I don't know. I might, I might be done with that one, to be honest. It's again, it's, I think you've mentioned it before. Time is, is precious. So there's so many other games that are really going to kind of draw, take my attention. So unfortunately, Dreadnautical might get the hook. Um, but I've also been playing Cloudpunk. Cloudpunk, I've been playing that on, on PC. It is slated to come to the Switch. So I'm just trying to get a taste of what, what is expected. 
and it's it's actually pretty decent. I put a little more time um just for people who don't know we recorded this last week lost the recording so we're kind of doing this over again so since that time um i put a little bit more time into it and i'm actually really really liking it so i think a lot of people are going to enjoy this game when it eventually comes out for the switch i don't want to say too too much about it but i mean you're essentially a courier and it's kind of um i don't know if you would even call it a legal courier so it's set in this kind of a cyberpunk kind of setting and you're essentially tasked with bringing packages from the the cost uh the customer or client to the customer or whatever you want to call it and there's stuff that happens in between so um that and is still primarily a story based yes there's yeah, yeah there there's no combat in it um but again not all RPGs need to have that but it, without it, is there is there some degree of player choice agency in there? there or there's a there lot of like lot of player. Just... There's player choice. There's dialogue options. There's um. There's kind of does, a. Does it have an impact? Is it going to lead to dramatically different? It'll change. Yeah, it can change on what jobs you will get. Um, but you're kind of still forced through the main narrative though. So. I'm not entirely sure if there if there's a lot of branching stuff going on. I'm again, I'm still kind of just forced through the same. I'm just doing what they tell me to do, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's very much a, a, a an RPG. I th- I want to say there's there's got to be branching narratives in there. It just has to be because I'm making choices on things, right? You would I would. Well, like, I would like to. Be, right, I would. I would like to believe that my choices are impacting the story. Okay, I don't know. I would like to believe that. You know, you know there's there's like making choices, Fire Emblem, which is very significant, and then there's like sure. making choices, you know, Zelda, which is like very insignificant. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Dialogue choices. Right. 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 So yeah, I don't know. I, I I think I still need to put maybe just a little more time in there. I'm not sure how long the game is, um, but I think I have maybe four hours into it. And the reason why it's so little is because I've been I, I finished two games. I I, ne- I basically never finish games, and this quarantine has just did it for me because I just have more time to to play games. So again, I, I I've completed a game that we won't mention, Divinity Original Sin Two. Um, and then also Trials of Mana, I've finished as well as Darksiders Genesis. Um, I finished both those games and I do recommend getting those games, whether or not they're on sale. Actually, right now, Darksiders Genesis, I just saw it for $15 on Amazon, a physical version. And I think the games... Switch version? What's that? The Switch version, yeah. Wow. So I think typically it's $40. So if it's still there, bite on that game that is definitely worth 15 15 dollars um but yeah with trials of mana i mean it does have its issues but overall it's it's still a very good game i could harp on some of the the bad things like like everyone else has kind of like um the voice acting is kind of be questionable in in some areas i had some issues a lot of people point out frame rate i i think people just like to point out frame rate when it's not even that bad, like I, it was barely noticeable for me on this ver- on the Switch version. 
I, I think people just like become video game snobs and mention frame rate and and everything. Um, I mean, it's not, in my opinion, frame rate isn't an, isn't really important unless it's really affecting gameplay. And in my opinion, it does not affect gameplay in Trials of Mana. Yeah, I so, agree. So oh. I mean, honestly, it should not even really be mentioned. But it's, I feel like it's mentioned in every single review I've seen in Trials of Mana. Were you gonna say something, Johnny? No, no I'm, I'm in agreement. If if frame rate gets in the way of gameplay, then yes, mention it. But if yeah. it's not getting in the way of gameplay, then it right. Don't but I, but I think people. I don't. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just this day and age. But F, FPS, FPS is frames per second. It's like mentioned everywhere, and I, I just think it's just come to a point where people just I don't know be, become snobs over it. I, well, I don't know. It depends on the game. Some games you can clearly tell frame rate does get in the way sometimes. Like sure. Breath of the Wild, when that first released, frame rate was an issue. And then they patched it and it got better. And that was. But it. did it really affect the way you play the game, or you you know what I mean? Sometimes, it, sometimes, very rarely. To me, very the frame rate rarely. Never got in the way on Breath of the Wild. But I mean, other games mm-hmm. like Bloodborne. Yeah, the frame rate got in the way. Right. Right, and you, I mean, it's. I guess it's worth a mention. You know, there were some times where frame frame rates dropped, but it didn't really like that caveat has to be in there where it didn't affect the gameplay. Like even in like Xenoblade Chronicles Two, there were so many, especially in handheld mode. I don't, I don't, because I played most of that game in handheld, especially, and it looked ugly by the way. But I love that game. The frame rate drops so much so sometimes, but I'm like, I don't even care. I'm having such a good time. I really, honestly. I could care less. This is this uh, is so much fun. Xenoblade's a weird one because I played that game almost entirely on uh, docked, and it wasn't a frame rate issue, but the uh, the resolution would mm-hmm. drop, uh, right. dynamic drop here and there. So it went from being you know visually super impressive to being like blurry at times. Yeah, so that might have been some compensation um, yeah. going but on the frame there. Rate was solid. Yeah, not in handheld, <laughs> but but like I said, it really it's wor- definitely worth a mention. It just didn't really bother me whatsoever. Um, but yeah, again, Trials of Mana. There, I guess there's that. Again, it doesn't affect gameplay whatsoever. Uh, I did have, and you see this with a lot of action RPGs where you lock on a target, and there's kind of like that dance going on. You kind of sometimes Dark Souls ha- it happens there where the kind of ca- yeah, where where the camera just gets in a funky spot, and you're like. Okay, what what which way is up? Like I have no idea what the heck is going on. There are yep. a lot of moments of that. And um and I did it did have some times where, you know, I couldn't really telegraph some of the enemies movements or kind of their attacks other than unless it was a big AoE attack. AoE attacks are really clearly telegraphed with markings on the ground. Those are fine. It was more like the regular single attacks that could knock you back, knock you down. Those type of things. But I mean, otherwise, yeah. Get get the game. Get it, Johnny. You should get. You should get this game. I'm telling you, the combat just looks like uh, a lighter version of Tales. So yeah, without multiplayer. Yeah, so. I mean it. It doesn't. It doesn't have some of those things that the original had, like like your your multiplayer. Right. I mean, could they have figured that out? Yeah, I'm sure. Um, we probably would have paid a premium for it. But I mean. Well, here, here's, here's some the, things are make or break, and and that's a break yeah. for you. So, here, here's the thing for me. For me, it's you know, what would I rather play, Tales of Vesperia on Switch or Trials of Mana on Switch? 
I would say the stories the the story is more impressive on Tails. I would say the combat and gameplay of, of the combat system is way more impressive in Tails, more elaborate, more in depth. There's uh the character progression, I, I don't know too much about the character progression system on on trials, but Tails pretty in depth. Mm-hmm. It has this whole like hunting of monsters thing, so you can get right. the drops to craft the gear yeah, and yeah, no, you're right. Gear. I think you're right though. Tails does have a lot more going on, and Tails is probably a better game. I, I could I could definitely agree with, with that. They're just, and then it also has the multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, multiplayer. I've mentioned this a million times. Has no effect on on my opinion, yeah. mostly because I don't play a lot of multiplayer games. I'm in a house with a five and a four year old, so or a six and a four year old. I'm I'm getting old, so I mean, unless it's online, I'm really not playing with anyone. So that that. Definitely doesn't tail, um, doesn't change my opinion on things. But I could see where in your situation, you know, you have people in your your house where you could definitely take advantage of that. Yeah. But, um, but even even without that, just with you know having the better story, the better combat system, uh, I I would just me personally, I lean more towards tails, mm-hmm. and because that that combat system truly is like it's a league above trials. Yeah, I mean it's it's more nuanced. That's that's for sure. Um, where, which uh, trial? Uh, geez, yeah, Trials of Mana is is more. It's a more simple version of an action RPG. It's more button mashy than than Tales is. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would definitely agree with there. But I do I I would say that their their stories are on par because depending on on who you're choosing as your in your party. You get to experience all their stories, and then you also the party members that you didn't select. They actually they make appearances and they have an effect on the story as well. So there, there's a, there's kind of a lot a lot going on in their worlds as as well. So I think kind of I mean yes, it is a shorter. It's also a shorter game as well. But I don't know. I, I think the story's kind of it's a toss up there. But uh, I don't know about that. The story in Tales Tales of Vesperia specifically is yeah. pretty good. Okay. It's it's more mature than other tales games. There's there's a lot more intrigue going on and sure and things like that. So yeah, I I I could not get into tales, and I could get into trials. It's just yeah. well, it's I'm, my my thing. Yeah, trials. I'm already not the target demographic for that. Yeah. I'm I'm a little bit too old for a RPG that's meant towards a younger audience. What, and are, you trying, what are you trying to say? You what got you... some glasses on. Oh, yes, it's I do. Nostalgia brand. Oh, don't you? Uh, <laughs> this is not nostalgia glasses. It's not nostalgia glasses. Um. What a, whatever. All right. So I also played Dark Side of Genesis. I completed Dark Side of Genesis. I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. it. It felt like every chapter, there were like 14, 15, 16 chapters in it. And it, it felt like every chapter was a fetch quest. So be ready for that. But it is a it is a good game. It's kind of your isometric, like for people who don't know, it's an isometric action RPG kind of in the same vein as Diablo or, or whatever. It, it doesn't have your random loot drops. Um, but you know, overall I had a good time. I think the, 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 the story is, is okay. The voice acting is phenomenal. The actual mechanics for combat, you know, is, is good. It's good. The flow feels good. Everything feels good there. The, the creature cores 
there's a lot to it. And I don't know, because there's a lot of that min-maxing that you talk about, but it's a lot of vague min-maxing where enemies do uh, do 30% less damage when attacking. It's like, it's like, wait, what are you talking? Like, this, like, it's like, they're almost a lot of them feel very situational. We're like, I don't even want to use this, but game says I have to use this, so I'm using it. But it was very, it was just a lot of it was situational. So, but anyway, that thirty percent, that percentile based stuff that you know I absolutely love. Yes, you you do not love it is what is what you mean. Uh, we will actually get to that eventually. But yeah, I, creature cores. I think if they could come up with some uh, a better system or you know a better way of manipulating numbers, I don't know. It, it just wasn't wasn't my thing. Uh, but I, I think I think overall the game is pretty good. Um, so I still, especially at fifteen dollars, if you can still, if this is out and it's still fifteen dollars, get the game. It's definitely worth fifteen dollars. And man, I'm tired. That was that was good. <laughs> I'm not playing anything else because I'm I'm kind. I want to clear everything out for a game that's coming out like the end of this month. You know, for that Xenoblade Chronicles game. Oh yeah. I, I think. I think regardless of if you've played it or not, everyone is really super excited for that game. And there's so much information coming out. I'm like, I, 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 I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anything else. That that new UK trailer that released, I don't know, today or yesterday or whatever. It it was like, it was almost as if, because when they got towards the tail end of that uh, trailer, they're showing the, the new stuff that wasn't yeah. in the original game. That uh, was a prologue quest yeah well i don't remember what it's called but it's like yeah it's a prologue yeah, yeah. prologue paralogue whatever, whatever it's called but they were showing some story segments of that and it was almost as if they were talking directly to me oh Cause yeah because they mentioned like if you've even if you've played this before like well it was, it was just the characters were talking in game doing their little story dialogues off but it sounded like they were talking to me really? they were like are you ready to go on this adventure and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Again, <laughs> third time's the charm. Oh, man. I, I absolutely cannot wait. Now, as far as YouTube is concerned, I'll put up a game preview on that, but I am enjoying that on my own. You guys enjoy that on your your own. I'm enjoying it on my own. I want to work through that game at my pace. You guys deal with it on your, on your own. I feel like everyone's going to have have that game anyway. I'm really excited for it. Anyway, uh, new game announcements. Uh, cooperative RPG Life and Farming Simulator Roots of Pacha, Paco, announced for the uh, the Switch. And that is a kind of like your Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley, but starting in the Stone Age. So a really interesting take on that genre. Still not a game for me. I have enough chores to do in my life where I don't want to do them in video games. Similar to what Animal Crossing is. I don't get the appeal to it because it's just busy work and I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm with you. Um, next is Bug Fables. Bug Fables, I'll say it again. It's a Mario, Paper Mario, kind of inspired by Paper Mario. The art style. Is yeah, the art style is inspired by Paper Mario. It also has um, very simple, you know, those the numbers that come up. It's ones and twos, like... Like someone seems to like here, like Johnny likes. It's very but simple based. Numbers. Yeah, which makes sense though, right? It's they all obviously have to kind of make sense. So Bugs Life, 
Paper Mario crossover event here. That's what we got here. So that's launching uh, Bug Fables May 28th. And then we have a new one here, uh, Brigandine. Now, Brigandine is uh, the Brigandine, the Legend of Renergia. The demo is actually out now. I think it comes out either late June or July. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I'm downloading that demo. Yeah, I, I think it's worth a download. It looks it looks really cool. I like I like the art style. It is a um, it's localized with tech, uh, English text, not localized in terms of voiceover. It's all it's all Japanese. It's all dub, um, not dub. Thank you, thank you very much. But it is a hex based uh, strategy or tactical. Sorry, tactical RPG. I'm digging the art style in this. What do you What do you think of this? The art style is good. It's um, it's hard to describe, but it is. It, it's almost like they have the characters have like this uh, painterly texture, like yeah. the textures onto them. Uh, it's 3D models. The environment's 3D modeled, but it's also it's sort of like a combination of cell shading and painted textures, painted right. on textures. So it's like a combination of those two things. Uh, I would say it's closer to like a uh, cat quest. That similar art style. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Style, cat quest had some sprites and this one doesn't have sprites. Every, mm. everything seemingly is 3d modeled, but it kind of has a similar kind of looking thing. The terrain, not so much, but definitely the characters. Now that I'm looking at it, people are going to think I'm crazy when I mention cat quest. But if you look at it, when the camera's pulled back, yeah, it it takes place on a map, just like like a, like a like. world map. So it's really kind of drawn yeah. drawn back, yeah. Like a drawn map, yeah, yeah. And this one kind of looks like a drawn map that you're taking these battles on to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it looks looks pretty cool. It's not um, it's not like troops. You don't have. It doesn't look like you have troops, at least in the gameplay that I've seen. I haven't played the demo. Uh, oh no! You definitely have troops here. There's you can have you can recruit like hydras and uh, weird no. floppy fishy things. Right. And I, I guess what I'm talking about, you don't have like a commander and a bunch of troops behind them. Like, say, for example, in Fire Emblem, uh, oh. where you have like a support or whatever it is. Um, oh, th that, that was sort of stuff. Yeah, that that thing in Fire Emblem wasn't really troops. It whatever no, that whatever that is, it's not yeah. in there. It, it does, yeah. It doesn't have that. It doesn't have like actual troopy type units that are going to die, right? It right. doesn't have the fodder or run away, whatever. Yeah, it's it's all you're going to have multiple characters in your army squad, whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. That is bigger than it seems like you can bring ten, maybe up to twenty. There, there was certainly right around ten, and maybe more than ten. Uh, units into a battlefield of sorts, mm -hmm. and uh, there is damage numbers, there's health bars, there are spells and abilities, there's criticals going on over here, there's status effects like petrify and and healing and whatnot. There's dragons, so, there's wolves, <laughs> there's yeah. there's uh, like looks like goblins, there's some uh, mantis looking characters. I, I think the art style is really cool, so there's a lot going on here. Um, there also is going to be a limited run uh, game, the kind of a collector's edition for seventy five dollars here is on May first. So yeah, yeah, it is. It, and and for what it includes, it's just like a soundtrack, a reversible poster, and a pin. Mm. I don't know. Seems kind of steep, but um, yeah, take a look at the game. The game might be for you. 
the game is also $50 as well, so you you may have to like this sort of stuff to get this so, game. So Brigandine, now that I see it, so The Legend of Runeserra... That was a good try. That was a good try. Yep, yep. So that, I, Rune, I guess there Rune, was... Runeserra. Runeserra. I guess it was an original Brigandine game. Okay. That released on the original PlayStation a long time ago. Okay. Uh, 98, it looks like. And I'm looking at some gameplay videos of it, and oh my goodness. It looks great. Well, the original game, I don't want to say the Ogre, but it looks like Ogre Battle. Okay. Well, it could it's be. Okay. It, That's okay. It's uh games can have their inspirations, you know. It's what they do with those inspirations, right? Oh uh, no, no, yeah, yeah. That has me super excited. Oh, okay, good. That has me super excited. Super excited. I see. I look at this. I'm like, this looks like Ogre Battle, but it's like turn based with hexes. I'm right. on. Like, I'm, I'm checking. I'm this down. This, this demo has already been downloaded. No, but here, here's the the. Kind of the main issue with the demo, the save data from the demo will not transfer over to the full version upon its release. So just know that going in. That's fine because I don't, I don't know how it's going to taste. If yeah. I like how it tastes, and the reviews come out, you know, nice enough, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to have a feast. There you go, Brigandine. Um. All right. So really quick, I wanted to mention this indivisible. This happened a couple weeks ago. Again, this is our second try at this episode. Uh, Indivisible was kind of just released. Um, there was some confusion about why it was released. I think, though, they have figured out why it was released. I have, I have, I'll have to pull it up. I should have pulled it up, but I didn't. Anyways, um, it's been confirmed that the Switch went live earlier than planned, but the game's scheduled to come out in early May. Uh, and it actually came out, uh, when, when was it, uh, April 28th. So it was supposed to come out in early May, but it came out earlier than that. Uh, this means that the plant day one patch has not been applied to the game, so there will be no uh, 30 FPS toggle. Uh, that word again. Uh, there will be no support for 1080p via docked, and there will be no co-op and New Game Plus. That will be added at a later date because this was put onto the eShop earlier than expected. There was an explanation. I don't have that pulled up right at the moment, and I don't want to look for it right now because I want to move on to the next thing here. Disco Elysium arrives on the Mac before a Switch version. Who plays games on Macs? You play games on Macs? No, you don't. Nope. Macs are Macs are good for one thing, and that's like video editing <laughs> and like maybe um, image manipulation with like Photoshop or whatever. Not many people, unless that's their only option, will put install Steam and play games on there. It doesn't really run that great. It's not meant for that. I mean, maybe Disco Elysium isn't really kind of a resource hog, and it probably runs just fine. But where's this? Where's my Switch version? Do you have it, Johnny? I don't. I you, have it. No, I do have it. You do, you do have on the Switch? But you got to come at me in September. Oh. All right, so when it comes out in September, he'll have it. Maybe. Cool. Maybe, <laughs> if that's what it is. I got, I got to double check with the devs. Oh, nice. Very nice. All right, so cool. Yeah, I mean, it just it kind of upset me a little bit. It hurt me. It hurt me. 
Um, another thing that happened, and uh, we did, again, we mentioned this last week, kind of happened two weeks ago, the eShop closing for uh, certain regions for the Wii U and 3DS. This is why I will always say go physical, go physical, buy physical, always be physical. I'll always collect games because I want the physical version. Because when things like this happen, and you, unless you have the actual, unless you downloaded it before, a warning or whatever, you're SOL. You're never, well, you may never be able to download that game again. And, and for me, that's, that's a problem because you've, you've actually, you've purchased this. You've actually given money for a product, whether it's digital or physical. So, I mean, there's this kind of area where, you know, all right, you kind of should be able to get this at all times. What's, what's the, what's the story here? And I don't like that. Yeah. And not just that, but the fact that some games are exclusive still to the Wii U or the 3DS. And once the, those eShops close, you can never get those games ever again. Right. So, yeah, that's just, but what, where, where is that, where is that drop off where, okay, I've, I purchased Pikmin 3, right? Uh, Digitally. And now the eShop is closed for whatever reason, I've had to reformat my Wii U or a, I get a new Wii U and I want to play Pikmin three. Yeah. I can't, I cannot get it. I'm I, in that boat. I have Pikmin three digitally uh, and I'm in that boat. Like, I, I mean, I can, never, I can never delete it. You can't, you like it. Or if something happens to that Wii U, you'll never be able to get that game. But that's the thing. Like you've, you've purchased it. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, how, how long are they indebted to providing you that product? Right. I mean, I guess well, it. Yeah, there, there's a moral to this story. Buy physical. Buy physical. That's the moral. <laughs> that's what. That's why I collect all physical games. Here, here's another. Here's a quick example of of why I always go physical, or, or the most recent example of when I went physical. I have the digital version of Darksiders Genesis. The game just went on sale for fifteen dollars. I bought it for fifteen dollars. I mean, the game is good enough. I want the physical version. And, but I have a digital version. I want that physical copy. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll always, I'll always do that. Always. Next, latest Famitsu most wanted video game charts. This seems to fluctuate like, like a lot. Well, this Where, most recent one definitely flips some tables. <laughs> do we have the week prior to this somewhere? Maybe. Uh, I could try to dig that up. Okay. All right, so we have an article here. I think this is from... Is it from Famitsu? Or... Uh, from... the, this is an excerpt from Famitsu, yeah. Man, it's just... If you... This is from the latest edition of okay. Famitsu. All right, so here's, here's uh, Japan. Okay, so this is what their interests are. So basically what they're looking forward to the most. Okay, and, and in this article... On my Nintendo news, it lists one through ten. The ten again. This is from Japan, so I'm really kind of surprised with some of these that are on here. Number ten is The Last of Us Part Two. Again, a mostly I, yes, it is exclusive to Sony. I understand Sony is very very popular in Japan, but it's a Western title, so I'm really kind of surprised that it's even made the list. Next is a Nintendo Switch title, number nine, uh, Yushiro. 
Uh, you have any idea what that is? I don't know what that is. It's probably some mobile uh, port <laughs> to uh, the Switch. Are, are uh, you, are which you, one are you talking about? Yushiro. I have no clue what that is. Alright, let me quickly look. Quickly, Oh, it's a level 5 game, so it is probably not... Oh, I do remember Yushiro. Yushiro is, is kind of oh. like um, yeah, yeah, we looked. We actually looked at this. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. <laughs> but I do, I do remember the uh, the trailer for it because the it looks very uh, like uh, who, who's that? Uh, oh my god, Edward Scissorhands, uh, that sort of style. Uh, who's the director for Edward Scissorhands? Oh my goodness! Um, oh my god, my brain, my brain. Anyways, um, I am looking. <laughs> You say something? There's so many things we have to look up on the fly. We're we're like so brain farty today. No, I just I'm, I'm like I'm like Tim Burton. I'm like all over all over the place. So it definitely yeah. reminds me of a Tim Burton RPG. That this is Yushiro. It's U S H I R O. Anyways, that came at number nine. Uh, number eight is a game. I'm like, was this announced? Was this game announced too early? I th- it definitely was. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm definitely in it. I I definitely want. It. I'm interested in it. But all we've seen is like cinematic. <laughs> like that's it. That's all we've seen. Nothing in game. Nothing at all. And I'm hoping that we'll see something soon. So I do happen to have the last uh, reporting of the Famitsu Reader's top, you know, top anticipated games. So I do have that list as well. Okay, we'll we'll kind of go over the differences after after we're done here. Uh, yep. Number seven, I'm surprised this is this low, and it was not this low the last week. It wasn't. No. At number seven is Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. I feel like this should be way up there, and it's not. It's down from four. Okay, so it came down from four. So even yep. then, that's still kind of low. From Same last number week. Votes, though. Okay, but there's other there's other things that are taking over. Uh, yeah. n- number six, Bravely Default, is ahead of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, as, again, these are Japanese consumers most looking forward to. Um, so that's number six, Bravely Default 2. Number five, Bayonetta 3. Not a game I'm looking forward to, but I can see people wanting wanting to uh, to look at this game. Number four, another PS4 game, uh, Ghost of... Tsushima? Yes. Is this the game that... Can you school me on this game? Uh, It's made by... Sucker Punch. Punch? Yep, Sucker Punch. Yep, okay. Uh, and it takes place... It's basically a... Uh, it's a Western developer take on the feudal Japan-era style warfare. And it's a very samurai, rogue samurai-esque Gotcha. Game. It's very immersive. It's it's kind of like the Red Dead Redemption, but for samurai. Is this the game where um actually Sony's last E3 where they had like they they yeah. announced this game? Okay. So that was, some, well, that was they like didn't a long time ago. They didn't announce it there. What they did the last E3, they had some dude like playing on like a, f- a wood flute, flute thing, thing. Yeah, yep. The audience and like did musical performances and it was like weird and awkward. <laughs> no one, no one 
kind of liked it, but no one like no one hated it. But yeah, they, no I think they strung like the audience from one room to another. Like yeah. on our end, like the people who weren't there, you were just like waiting for things to happen. Um, and and that wasn't a new announcement for that event either. It was just a bigger in-depth look of it. Graphically, gotcha. looks super impressive. Oh sure, it, it has that kind of uh, one-hit kill kind of combat that you would expect for a realistic simulation-esque <laughs> sure. samurai game. So, right. like I said, it, it's like the the Red Dead Redemption Two take uh, style played on, you know, but with a samurai feudal Japan theme. Covering all of it. I just this I thought this game was out already, but apparently um apparently not. Anyway. Well, I'm actually kind of excited for it. It's uh well, potentially. If it turns out well, then I'd be very, very excited for it. Because right. playing it's basically the the all the youngins who watched Kenshin way back when, uh the anime Kenshin, right? They're all grown up now, and this would be the perfect Kenshin game for them. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'll have to agree. Cool. (laughs) Uh, Number three, Cyberpunk 2077. This being at number three really is what... This is what really stood out to me. This is a very westernized... This is the most western game on here. Um, This is typically not something you'll see this, this high in a Japanese market. Not that I... You know, if you look at all, a lot of the other games, um, they're just very different. So, Cyberpunk 2077, I think it's getting a little bit of traction right now. It's it's coming up closer to release, and I think Cyberpunk um, or CD Projekt Red is kind of slowly giving, uh, putting out some information, so people are kind of getting excited about it. And that wasn't even on last week's list. I don't believe, right? Which one? Cyberpunk 2077. So, researching it, it looks like the list that we were looking at, you know, the the prior week, that was a Nintendo-only list. So they kind of filtered out the non-Nintendo games from it and only showed the top Nintendo one. Uh, Because the votes are exactly the same comparing the two. I gotcha. Uh, So, yeah. I do have so the one that we're so, looking at is the collective total for the latest issue of Famitsu, which I'm assuming covers an entire month of content. Okay. So so it's a potentially it could have been on that list then, except that one yeah. was only showing Switch products. Well, so if you look at the votes, you'll see where it lies. But this list, this top ten, is every it's it's just cut off from the additional elements. Those what. The other list goes up to like seventeen, I think. Yeah, so. there's there's quite a bit. Um, yeah. actually, it goes on more than that. It goes up to thirty. There you go. There yeah. Go. Uh, but that's at number three for again for a Japanese market. That's really kind of really kind of high. Um, number two, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Two, sorry, <laughs> almost left left that one out. This is there's nothing. There's been nothing new about this game. And it's still high up on people's list. There's like, there's other than the, I think it was, was it E3 last year? Other than that snippet, we've got nothing. No little, no, like literally nothing from Nintendo. 
and it's still it's still at the top of people's brains. They they are really excited for this game. I'm just curious. I I'm I'm thinking there's going to be some co-op in this, sir. Sir, so you're gonna you might like it even more. So if that's even possible, I don't think it's possible unless they do online. Well, I, I mean, if they, if they do online, then yeah, what better way to sell the Nintendo online service than it, right co-op Breath of the Wild? Yeah, I, I mean, why couldn't it be? Local, split screen or, or whatever. Split screen on a Breath of the Wild engine running on the Switch. That ain't happening. That ain't happening. No. That ain't happening. Technically, that ain't happening. So how about not split screen? Kind of just kind of keep your keep the two people kind of caged together on the same screen. You make a huge sacrifice of combat. Mm. Huge sacrifice. You're not throwing in an arena in a 3D world. I mean, you gotta. Well, do I don't. What, I don't. I don't mean arena. You're just kind of limited by screen space. So, I, I guess you could call that arena. Right, but by arena, there is a directed camera that is holding, maintaining a perspective yep. that uh, accommodates for multiple playable characters. Yeah. So it's either it's either split screen or nothing, in your opinion, which split screen couldn't even happen. No, no, no I'm not saying. It's, or nothing. Oh, you're on, online co-op, I mean. Exactly. Yeah. I don't recommend split screen. I think online co-op or they make a sacrifice for for doing local co-op. A a fairly potentially fairly big sacrifice. Yeah. It where it would it would have to fundamentally play differently. Right. Combat wise. I, I don't know why they would do that either way. I mean, they have done co-op that the other route is they make the co-op very trivial, like... I don't want trivial co-op like Mario Odyssey. Mario Galaxy. I was thinking Mario Odyssey with the... Does Odyssey have a... Oh, that's right, like one person controls a hat? Yeah, it's really, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Mario Galaxy did that where uh, someone could shoot stars all okay. over the place. They could aim the pointer. Yeah, I don't, I don't want... If it's something like that, don't, don't do it. I don't want it. And yeah. the reason why I bring up the co-op because a lot the the trailer just shows Link and Zelda kind of on screen a lot. So, I mean, they could do it in a Zelda game. You know, Breath of the Wild is the best one, but right. in a Zelda game, you could imagine someone controls the fairy. Right? How, how would fairy you? How would you take? Again, the story would have to dictate this. Where you play as Link, story dictates. Now you play as Zelda for a while and you just kind of flip not flip-flopping or maybe you maybe you are changing narratives you're kind of playing both perspectives how would you take that would you be okay with that i would do it the way i would do it is i would do it exactly like they do it in well not exactly but i would handle it the same way as uh castlevania portrait of ruin where there is a button mapping to switch characters okay and you, it's immediate, and it, and once you switch the character, that character, one character leaves, the new character comes in, and now you're controlling that character. Instead of doing it that way, though, where, where they leave, one, one person leaves and the other one goes in, because now you're just gaining access to different, uh, different movesets. Instead of it doing that way, I would do uh, the Resident Evil Zero way, where that an AI then controls that character that you've switched out and you can issue commands like stay here 
so that you can have the characters travel together. One is controlled by AI, or you separate for lots of interesting puzzle reasons uh, where you can now control the characters separately and then you teleport, right? Right, between uh, the characters. Camera, right? Yep. The control between characters. And now you can, be, you can be Zelda in one side of the dungeon and then be Link on the other side of the dungeon. And you can even probably like do cool stuff like, like there'll be like a, a gesture uh, button where you wave your arm and all of a sudden Zelda like pulls a switch <laughs> without actually having to like switch characters. That's another way. Maybe. But does but does that something like that adding co-op does that really that really changes what the original was like the original Breath of the Wild? I think if it's co-op with another player, mm-hmm. or well, just having co-op game bait. Even even if it is the way you're just des- if it's the way you're describing, right? Where you can swap easily magically characters uh, with a partner, it could absolutely work. It, they would have to take lots of influence from God of War. The uh, remake. Not the, the remake, remake, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, the... The, the latest, remake, the latest the remake, one. Whatever. God of War 2018. Whatever, the latest rendition of it, yeah. Yes. With the boy, that guy? With the boy, yes. Okay, with the boy. Yes. Because that does... that. Is, it's, you, it's Kratos and boy. I forgot his name. Atreyu. Atreyu? Yeah, I think it's Atreyu. And Falcor? Is he there? <laughs> but I, I really do think it's Atreyu. It's Boy and... I don't want to look at him. Either boy. way. Boy, we'll call it Boy. Uh, yeah, so they they have it there where Boy is... You're controlling Kratos all the whole time, but Boy is controllable by the player and... AI-wise, is doing their own thing. They're doing their own thing, but you do have a button to, you know, have the boy shoot their arrows, or there's other button combinations that you can do where you can have the boy summon creatures uh, and whatnot. Hmm. I just don't want it to take away from the, like, what we experienced in the first one. You you know what I mean? Anyway, we we got off on a tangent here. (laughs) Let's let's try and... (laughs) If they do it that way, the God of War way, where Zelda is the boy, boy instead <laughs> it's like girl. <laughs> no, no, we don't want to do that. That'll upset a lot of people. <laughs> All right, well, well, Link wouldn't talk, right? So <laughs> what would he do then? No, no. Now we're getting into really like he, he weird does a shit. shout out, like yeah. <laughs> and there he is, and then Zelda just knows. <laughs> Zelda just knows, yeah, and she like shoots, uh, maybe like uh, the. Um, the arrow. What's those arrows? The golden arrows? The, Is it golden arrows? Silver arrows? The, you talking the last arrows that they get? Oh, the light arrows. Yeah. But what was it in uh, A Link to the Past? Those silver arrows, right? Or is it gold? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I had to look well, up we'll, I had to we'll look up Tim Burton's arrows. name. You expect me to know these things? Yeah. We'll say it's the uh, the light arrows, just just to play it safe. Like she'd shoot the light arrows, uh, and uh, she could do like all sorts of like you know dim fire type magical spell stuff. Okay. All right. She'd be your cast because uh, Breath of the Wild didn't have any spells. No, I thought items that did spells, but right. you didn't have spells. Well, yeah, the runes, but that's not yeah, the same. That's not the same at all. 
I mean, yeah, he can spawn a <laughs> a bomb out of nowhere, but whatever. That's not, you're right. It's not the same. Now, never never mind. I was gonna get it. I was gonna take us even more off the rails, but we're not going. All right. So what were we doing? Oh yeah, Breath of the Wild two is is number two on people's minds, and then number one, Tales yeah. of Arise. Yeah. This game looks, and we I, I we may have mentioned it before. Looks awesome. Incredible. It looks, and it's just too bad. I don't, I don't think we'll ever see this on a Switch console. I'll say that because I really want it on a Switch console. Uh, but this is this is the game that's really at the forefront of people, um, people's minds in in Japan. I they don't know. Even, I don't even know if this would be on the list if we did it here in the states. I don't even think this would be on the list. And it's a big would, deal. It's it is a big deal. I really yeah. I really it, think it is, but go yeah. ahead. Well, the franchise, the when it comes to RPGs in Japan, it's basically number 1 and number 2 most popular RPGs in Japan is the Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest series. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure about the order of those two. I I think it switches every now and then. Like sure. Final Fantasy is more popular. Uh, versus Dragon Quest or vice versa. Depending but on number, what's set to release, I think. Right. But number three most popular RPG series in Japan is Tales. Mm-hmm. And Tales has been stagnant for so long. So, so long. For ages. It's basically been riding on the coattails of Tales of Symphonia way back on the GameCube days. That's it long, hasn't changed that's, too much. That's the a last, long time ago. It is a long time ago. The last major change was Tales of Vesperia, and then they wrote on that engine update uh, for a very long time. And then maybe Graces, there was another tweak. And since Graces, that was it. It's been riding on that same exact engine, same sort of uh, limitation, technical limitations and whatnot forever. And it, it, and, it wasn't even that much different from what Vesperia did, from what Symphonia did, and it, it is different gameplay-wise. You know, they all play differently, very different combat systems and storylines and whatnot. But when it comes to like the engine and the limitations of the engine, right? It it was just lagging. And then when you look at Tales of Arise, all you have to do is just look at the trailer with your eyeballs. With your eyeballs, <laughs> as a Tales fan, and you will immediately understand this is going to be awesome, and it is finally going to change up the the old, dated formula of Tales games. It, it doesn't look anime-esque at all. Um, it looks very <laughs> modern. It, it looks it looks modern. The whole time you were talking, I was watching the trailer. I didn't understand. I didn't hear a single word you just said. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it's it's very it's a modern game you know it it's not reliant on the anime aesthetic anymore it's doing its it's doing its own thing it almost looks like it's kind of a i hate to say it for you because you're a more of a tales fan obviously than i am i'm kind of new into this all but it almost looks like a kind of a button masher i do see other party members on the field but i get the feeling that it's a little bit a little bit more action based this time around where it is uh, an it is an yeah, action game, but yeah, uh, T- Tales has always been action packed, 
And even the trailers will always show like crazy over the top <clears throat> action, almost button mashery. But trust me, Tales is not a button masher style series. There have been some Tales games that are a, a little bit easier than others and mm-hmm. therefore can be button mashed to a certain degree. But if you turn up the difficulty, like this guy over oh, here. Oh, you're the you're the the pro here. My apologies. I'm well, so glad I'm so glad to be on the same podcast as you. There's incentive in the Tales series. The Tales fans would know this, right? When you turn up the difficulty, you actually get more rewards. Right. You get more loot, you get more experience, etc. Like like stuff happens. Uh, you get rewarded for doing that by playing the game better and also playing the game at a harder difficulty. And it becomes a different experience when you do that with Tails. And, and they, most of the Tails games, they actually very finely balance that difficulty setting. Mm-hmm. Some Tails games, you usually don't get that extra you know, insane mode difficulty or whatever until after you beat the game. Some of them, you have to play through the game and then midway through the game, you'll actually get that extra difficulty mode. And you can change it on the fly. The most recent Tales games, I don't know, probably like the last five iterations, you can change the difficulty on the fly. Mm-hmm. And the incentive for that is if something's too hard, you can turn it down. But the rewards you're going to get for it get turned down as well. Right. So you have reasons to want to increase it or decrease it. It's, it's very rewarding. And in either instance perhaps not on easy mode but if you're playing on normal or harder you got a block there's a block there's a button mapped to blocking right and you it's will important. have to use it it's very important like you actually do have to hold that button and block the attacks you have to see the enemy see if the, if you are if they are now if they're no longer be flinching from your attacks you know they're about to counterattack and you got to hold that block uh block button or you got to do some sort of uh, dodge, whether it be a side dodge, a back dodge, jump over their head type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like you got to do something. Right. It's great. It's fantastic. The Tails combat is awesome. And what they show in that trailer, yeah, I can easily see why Japan is raiding or, or looking, are, are anticipating Tales of Arise more so than Breath of the Wild. And that game is coming out this year. I thought it was a later. It's it's scheduled for 2020. 2020. And um, unlike prior Tales games, which typically have a multi-month separation between the Japanese release and the uh, Western release, mm-hmm. they are aiming for a perhaps not simultaneous, but closer to simultaneous release, worldwide release. Good. Which is great. Yeah. Good, good. Man. I'm I'm getting more pumped up for it now. And I'll get to play it. Uh, maybe. Ah, eh, don't <laughs> don't waste your time with it. Nah. It's right. it's not multiplayer. <laughs> you don't want that. I won't use it. I won't use it. It'll just it's just a feature I don't even need. Don't put it in there. Don't put it in there, guys. No, uh, definitely put it in there. If they don't put it in there, I'm not gonna get the game. You're, you're quick well, I'll get it. Perfect. Uh, if that that is a hard hard no for me if they do not put in multiplayer on Ooh, tails that that would cuz that's been that's been in all like a lot of tails games right almost all of them yeah. almost all of them not all of them though there okay. have been some single player only tails that's games that's kind of them like turning their back on the 
on the hardcore fans. Oh, please do it. Um, <laughs> hey, guess what, Johnny? Yeah, what's up? We have a listener question. Oh, it finally happened. Finally, finally. I had to like really. All right, this is a question of mine. No, it's not. Um, so I, I um, on Facebook, uh, Sebastian. I don't know if this is a play on games or if this is his name, Sebastian Gamez or Games. I think I it's games. Gamez. Maybe it's the gamification of Gomez. I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what's happening. But he asked a question. All right. What are some of your favorite action RPGs that are underrated? We came up with a list. Now, we didn't Nintendo Switchify this. This is... We we are going to do that, okay? But we didn't do that here. We went with... We went to the beginning of time, okay? So, Johnny. Yes. If you can concisely... Tell me what you, some of your underrated, and I mean concisely. Don't don't Johnnyfy this answer, please. <laughs> um, if you could concisely tell me, what are some of your favorite action RPGs that are a little underrated? Uh, I will list off some of the ones I will be very concise on. So, Castlevania: Order of Ecclesia. Okay. It, it was the last known Castlevania, Metroidvania style Castlevania RPG. To last official one to ever release, like major official one to ever release, and it was kind of overlooked, and it was phenomenal. It was like the best one, absolutely nailed the balance of the combat between uh, magic versus physical and and uh, farming of. They weren't souls. I think they were like shards. Um, it's it's just very masterful. Gives you all the all the options that you need to tweak your character, the mm-hmm. flexibility to customize your character, multiple environments, uh, different maps, and then one big giant collective uh, castle map. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, de- and this definitely, is, this definitely, is on the uh, the DS, right? Uh, yes, the DS. Okay. Which means not on the 3DS and not on, there hasn't been any Castlevania since. Like, any legitimate, you know, Castlevanias that we want, right? The Metroidvania style Castlevania. Right. There was Castlevania definitely a Castlevania first. after that. It's just not the one you want. Well, that Castlevania wasn't even a Castlevania. Uh, Lords of Shadow. Yeah. That was, yeah, that's an abomination. It's not a Castlevania game. <laughs> it's an abomination. There's like, there's like one part of the game where you actually do go to a castle and it does feel like a castlevania game not a rpg castlevania game but it does feel like a castlevania game Uh but that's only like one third or one quarter of the game the rest of the game is like is no bueno yeah it feels like a god of war game yeah it essentially turns it into like a third person action game right it's bad it's it's not bad it's just not castlevania that's my problem with it, I, I I wrote a very lengthy one one of the first major lengthy reviews I ever wrote was for Castlevania: Lords of Shadow. Oh boy, and I reamed it so hard. But it's 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 a good game, but it just wasn't your Castlevania. It just had the name associated with exactly. it. Yeah. All right, so other underrated uh, action RPGs. So we just talked about Tales. But I'm gonna specifically call out Tales of Graces F. It is by far the best tale. It is my favorite Tales game uh, in the entire franchise because I think the story is the easiest to follow. 
it's simpler, but it is still very emotionally impactful. But more importantly, the combat system is the best that Tails has ever been. It, it is by far the the funnest uh, and nuanced and complex combat system that the Tails series has ever uh, developed. Yep. Excellent four-player, multiplayer stuff going on there. Just absolutely phenomenal. Meh. Great cast. Uh, very well done game through and through. And then there is System Shock 2, Ooh. which is an oddity, but it is there's no uh, pause button. It's very much an action RPG. It is weird. It is horror. It's definitely something that people don't pay attention to, but the big call-out for that one is System Shock 2 has the best villain in probably any game ever. Who is the villain? Shodan. Shahu? Shodan? Uh, Don't worry about who the villain is. You just gotta play the game. Don't even research it. Do not research anything about System Shock 2. Alright, I gotta close all these windows. Hang on. Close the windows. (laughs) Close close all the tabs. Anyone listening... Do not research System Shock 2. Just Display. get it on Steam. It is almost always five bucks. It's, it's going to be the best five bucks you ever spent. And it's not it available is, on a console. It's just it's only it's only on it's only, it's on, only on PC, PC. or yeah okay. And this I kid you not this will be one of if you can stick through it it is a hard game too. Uh, it will be one of the best. RPGs, action RPGs that you'll ever play. If you like Bioshock, guess where Bioshock came from? Bioshock came from System Shock 2. Oh, you didn't even let me guess. <laughs> oh. And, and Bioshock had some very light RPG elements. Yeah. It's basically a... Bioshock is, oddly enough, a watered-down System Shock. Hmm. Odd that you Heavily say that, right? Down. Because Bioshock <laughs> is in the... Oh my gosh, the puns are incredible today. And then the last major call out is kind of like a a near and dear to me, which is Pyre, because that is such a indie oddball that is so beautiful and amazing. And it released, I think, only like two or three years ago. And Mm. it kind of got overlooked for RPG of the Year during that year, or maybe not RPG of the Year, but it got overlooked for a bunch of different awards that it should have had either at least a nomination for it, and it didn't get it. Yeah, and and the, it and, I'm sorry, go ahead. I interrupted. Uh, it's, it's just incredible, and it is, I will kid you not, this will be the best sports RPG you will ever play, ever. You said sports? Yes. <clears throat> it's like fantasy sports. So Wait, it's I'm weird. just checking my headphones here. It's what? weird. It, it's, 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 it's its own thing, really. It's its own sport. Yeah. It's not a sports. It is very much it's it's its own thing. It is so weird out there. The world is one of the best written, uh, sort of fully realized worlds out there. I could talk a lot about Pyre. Now with Pyre, it's the same creators who did uh, Bastion. They did Transistor, um, and I think they do it in uh, is it Hades? Yeah, they're working on Hades right now. And I will say Pyre is their best work yet. I haven't played Hades yet. I'm looking forward to Hades, but. I doubt. I think they peaked on Pyre. Pyre is just that good. Yeah. Don't sleep on Transistor was pretty good too. I didn't play Bastion. I wasn't. It, it, I didn't like how small the world felt. Like I, I don't know. It was some some with it. 
Uh, although a lot of people like it, I like Transistor as well. So, Pyres just they they cut so much extra fluff out. It's so concise. Mm-hmm. It is story and sports, and and that's it. You're playing story. You're making some decisions as as you're adventuring along. There's a lot of decision making. Very important. Very consequential decision making is some of the most important decisions you're going to make in an rpg that you could ever want to make in an rpg pyre gives it to you over and over again in such a satisfying way interesting it is it is the if there's one word to describe pyre it is bittersweet 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 all right oh man do i so so those are my uh (laughs) most underrated uh Action RPGs. What are some of your? I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I didn't do I didn't do a lot of um, research in this. So, but I did have a couple that just kind of came right to the top of my head. Just a couple. Uh, one is Champions Return to Arms. This is a game that was released on the PlayStation Two. Um, not to be confused with Champions of Norath. Champions of Norath is not a great game, but Champions Return to Arms is. It is what you kind of, it's a loop-based action isometric RPG set in the world of EverQuest. So if you're familiar with the EverQuest world, you have like your dark elves, your, your, um, kind of your basic setup with the warriors, things, things like that. Um, but it's, a, again, it's a randomized loot, loop-based action RPG. I had put so much time into this. Now this is, this, this comes from the days where I actually had people to play with. So I did play a lot of this multiplayer and it was, it was very, it was very, very fun. Uh, but and again, I, I think if they were to do something like this again, I would so get into it because I'm I kind of like those kind of random loop based action RPGs, and actually it gave you it gave you an incentive to to replay over and over and over again, uh, looking for that the next best item. Essentially, that's what a lot of the uh, Diablo end game is looking for the best kind of set bonuses, all all this other stuff. That's essentially what you're going for. So, Champions Return to Arms was kind of kind of my thing kind of my thing back in the back in the day um also another one it's weird that i i poo poo a lot of uh co-op or multiplayer games but this is another multiplayer game that again i had good fond memories of and it's not just this one but uh, lord of the rings the two towers was another one of my favorite games not only did i love the lord of the rings movies but then you had um like these, these great. I thought these were great games that came along with it, um, and and again, I played this multiplayer with my brother-in-law. Uh, he and I, like, wow, man, we spent so much time playing this game. But since he grew up and doesn't live in my house, <laughs> I can't. I have no one to play with. Uh, but I think this game kind of actually ages pretty well. And I want to say I played this on the GameCube. I think that's when it was released. Oh, what it was released on. It might have been released on another thing, but I played it on the GameCube. Yeah, and... it did release on other consoles. Yeah. Uh but but I had a great time with it. And and again, it's it's what you think of when you think of Lord of the Rings. It's kind of there are some smaller combats, but there also is kind of bigger combat sections um of of the game. And um Yeah. That's it. it that's all I got. Very RPG light. But so is Breath of the Wild. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving on, 
I will come up with a better list. I was I was debating on whether or not to save this for next week, but Johnny's like, you know what, Gio? If you don't do this, I'm gonna punch you. In the, and I'm like, you know what? I don't like physical violence, and we're doing the whole quarantine thing, so you know, I put it in here. Anyway, I said things exactly. Exactly, that's exactly yep. how I said it. Um, so yes, moving on to upcoming RPGs. May seventh, we have Slayin Two. Slaying 2 is a um, it is an action R- RPG and I'm trying to describe this. It, it is a, a pixel art type of game, side-scrolling. <clears throat> Almost, oh man, I was about to say Contra, but not Contra. How would you describe, are you looking at it at all? Yeah, I'm looking at it. <clears throat> How would you describe this setup here? I'm, I'm not entirely sure how, to, uh, there's like unicorns and stuff. It's kind of weird. So it, uh, it does have the two-fueled... You know what? I actually played this because uh, this was... This is an indie game, clearly. Yes, yep. uh, that was demoed at uh, Boston Fig. Wow. I, I kind of want to say two or perhaps three years ago. And I played this, and it was very addictive. It's very, uh, it's very arcade-y, yes. as you see within here. But when it comes to like being this bigger, longer RPG experience, it it's very lighthearted. You're not going to get you know something grandiose or something that's uh, going to be serious in tone. It's very action oriented, and the fact that you run into enemies, uh, combat wise, it's reminiscent of um, of Yeast, the the like the very old old style Yeast okay. game. All right, um, so maybe your thing. I don't know. May 7th, Slayin' 2. Um, May, another May 7th release is Pong Quest. So Atari has revitalized the Pong game by making it an action RPG. Um, again, it's another, you want to talk about lighthearted take on RPGs. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Your Your character... Is the pong, uh, not the ball, but the paddle? I guess you could call it. That's your character. Yeah, uh, but they dress it up a little bit. A little know. bit. They dress it up a lot. A lot of it. <laughs> but I'm not exactly sure how it plays. But it it's kind of got that uh, that look and feel of a pong game. So each paddle, it looks like, has a different ability associated with it. Okay. So by selecting your paddle, you're going to be able to cause something else to happen. For example, there's one paddle where it gets bigger if it deflects a ball. There's another paddle that will cause when the ball bounces off of it, it goes into like a wave pattern. Okay. So it's so, pong, it's pong. I don't I don't know how they're making it an RPG though. Well, it's pong, but for example, uh it looks like the enemy that you're going up against, the AI, is a boss battle. Okay. And there's stuff going on on the field as you're bouncing the, the ball back and forth. Uh, you're, when you score a goal, that's actually dealing damage to the health. Of, oh, okay. Yeah. And it even looks like, like the, if the Pong ball itself can change depending on how you deflect it almost well, well let uh, me let me or, just or elements in the environment and that can cause either 
if you deflect it, you can either take damage or heal yourself mm-hmm. based on something. I don't quite understand it, but yeah, oddly enough, this is not this is not Pong. This is something way more than Pong. All right, so here's the description: customize your hero and take up take up the challenge in the new Pong battle gameplay, featuring over fifty different types of balls, each with their own unique abilities. Solve puzzles and gather precious loot as you uncover the secrets of the orbs on a journey to unlock the mystery of the spooky door. Uh, play with uh, up to four. The characters in multiplayer mayhem battles select your balls and perfectly and perfect your own loadout as you clash with other paddles for supremacy within the Pong universe. No balls, no problem. Play with the classic rules and show the world who is the best paddle on the planet. There you go. You play as a paddle. Right. And there's even an overworld. <laughs> That, that you, as the paddle, are going to waddle your way through. Oh, man, I'm going to have to contact Atari for this. This is... This could be, like, uh, Atari's uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, and then May 8th, we have Super Mash. If you don't remember Super Mash, it was a kind of a, um, a weird game where they, you take two genres of games, you put them together, and you get a game. You um, mash it together. I, you, you, uh, sorry, you know I blew it. I, yeah. You know what? I blew it. Should I start? <laughs> o- should I start over? I'm gonna start. No. <laughs> so, so there are different genres. I think one is just straight up RPG, and then there's JRPG, and you can mix them with all sorts of things, right? So there's there's sports games, racing games, there's action games, arcade games, like all those things you can mix in with RPGs. I'm just really interested in what these other things are platformers which we you know we see all those things right it's just it's it's all in one game and it's kind of done uh you know instantly it's kind of cool it a little they kind of dropped the ball a little bit on naming the game because and when you try to research it all you get is smash smash oh yeah super because it's super smash and they have Super Mash, and that's well, you know, sometimes you got to take those chances, right? Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a really interesting game. Uh, I think it I'm, is, yeah. I think I might be in on this one. I don't know, I'm not sure. Okay, so next we have, I don't see this on the eShop yet, but if you go to DecuDeals.com, you can kind of they give you a little some release dates, and this one was not set to be released for a while and all of a sudden it's there so i don't know if it's on the nintendo eShop yet but we have a release date i think of may 12th coming up of elder scrolls blades finally finally i mean if you really want to get an idea as to what this game is you can get it for free on your phone and it's really not the greatest elder scrolls experience so i don't know i don't i i think this is also going to be free I don't know what took them so long, to be honest with you. So, I don't know. Elder Scrolls Blades, May 12th. And this is the latest release for Bethesda. No one knows what else they're working on. Not a clue. Anyway, um, so that's our upcoming releases. Now for the topic du jour. We're squeezing it. 
You know what? No, we're not going to squeeze it in. My apologies. That's actually going to end the episode for today. I think in the next episode, actually, we'll be recording it right after this, but you didn't know that. Um, so we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, everyone who sent in their... Thank you to... Sorry, let me get his... Is it Sergio? Where's his name? Sebastian. Newest article with an S, though. Um, thank you so much for sending in your question. Keep coming. Remember, you can listen to the show each and every week at switchrpg.com. And you can also subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. So don't forget to do that and give us a rating and review. We want to climb up those charts. And finally, remember, head over to switchrpg.com for all your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch. Until next time. Bye.